Good morning. Psalms 104. Praise the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are magnificent in splendor. You are, you are robed in splendor and majesty. He covers himself with light as if with a garment. He stretches out the skies like a tent curtain. He lays the beams of the upper rooms of his palace on the rain clouds. He makes the clouds his chariots and travels along on the wings of the wind. He makes the wind his messengers and the flaming fire his attendant. He established the earth on its foundations. It will never be upended. The watery deep covered it like a garment. The waters reached above the mountains. You shout, your shout made the waters retreat. And at the sound of your thunderous voice, they hurried off as the mountains rose up and the valleys went down to the place you appointed for them. You set up a boundary for them that they could not cross so that they would not cover the earth again. Lord, you turned the springs into streams. They flow between the mountains. Flow your spirit in this valley of Mills River, Lord. Provide water for the animals in the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the sky live beside them. The chirp among the bushes. He's watering the mountains from the upper rooms of his palace. The earth is full of the fruit. Now cause it to grow. Provide grass to the cattle and crops for the people to cultivate so they can produce food from the ground as well as wine that makes people feel so good. And so they can have oil to make your face shine as well as the food that sustains people's lives. Thank you, Lord, for the trees receiving the rain that they need, the cedars of Lebanon which you have planted, where the birds make nests near the evergreens in which the herons live. The wild goats live in the high mountains and the rock badgers find safety in the cliffs. He made the moon to mark the months. And the sun sets according to the regular schedule. You make it dark and night comes, and during which all the beasts of the forest prowl around. The lion roars for prey, seeking the food from God. And when the sun rises, they withdraw and sleep in their dens. Men do, do not go out to their work and labor away until evening. How many things have you made, O Lord? You have exhibited great skill in making all of them. The earth is full of the living things you have made. Over here is the deep, wide sea, which teems with innumerable swimming creatures, living things, both small and large. The ships travel there, and over here swims the well you made to play in it. All of your creatures wait for you to provide them with food on a regular basis. You give food to them, and they receive it. You open your hand, and they are filled with food. When you ignore them, they panic. And when you take away their life's breath, they die and return to dust. When you send your life-giving breath, they are created and you replenish the surface of the ground. Hey, may the splendor of the Lord 
May the splendor of the Lord, may the splendor of the Lord endure. May the Lord find pleasure in the living things he has made. Look down on us right now, Lord, in the earth and shake it, Lord. Touch this mountain and cause it to smolder with fire. I'm going to sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God as long as I exist. May my thoughts be pleasing to you, Lord, for I rejoice in you. And may sinners disappear from the earth. Let the wicked vanish. Praise the Lord. Hey, will you stand with me? Praise the Lord in this house. Praise the Lord with me. Praise the Lord. Come on, praise you, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy and your faithfulness, Lord, that endures for every generation. Bless your name, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Thank you. 
Take my chances with this God of love and every other option. It's not enough, Lord, it's only you. Home 
what we want And I raise my voice to the top of my lungs And I join the foolish and unknown tongues And I lift my soul and my spirit from this world to you Oh, I throw my hands to the skies above I'm taking my chances with this God of love Every other option that I've come up with It's not enough, cause I have to have you, God, you and only you And I raise my voice to the top of my lungs And I join the foolish in unknown tongues And I lift my spirit and my soul From this world to you Knowing the name that we are named. Oh, come now, name set above us and upon us and within us and without us. So all things consist in the name. All things consist in the name. The beginning and the end, the author and finisher, the name above all. Blessed be the name, worthy is the name, holy is the name, blessed be his name, worthy is his name, holy is his name. All who ask your aid, and all who ask your aid, 
This week, I, I am, you know, I carry all y'all in my heart and um, deeply. And I, the Lord will come and speak to me about particular ones of you and your family situations. And and I was asking him this week, I, I was like, how can I be of a help, you know, to them? You know, I'm going to pray for you, believe in you, have hope in you. And... Um, he was, I put up a write-up this week, and I, I want to like express this um, before we move into the next uh, phase of worship because it's so important that, well, that we understand the reality of what this resurrection reality is about and what Jesus lived his life in. I'm, I'm of the belief that Jesus, in, in his incarnation, in his connection with the Father, the incarnated life being that which was this full connection with Father. When we talk of incarnation, we hear this maybe technical theological term, but if I could just describe incarnation, it's to be invested with glory and splendor so that there's a relationship with the Father. And Jesus in his incarnation, the way he related, relates 
even now to Father. And the way we do in the incarnation, the Spirit of God is working into us to incarnate his life into us and restore us back to the Father. That's what you're going through. And if, you, if you've been disconnected from your earthly dad or you didn't have a dad at home or whatever, the father thing or a non-communicative dad or even if you had a wonderful father, even the best that a dad could do could never express what our father means to do for us and through us in this sense that he wouldn't just discipline us for our own good, but he would give us his life to cause us what so that we can relate to him with this wonderful exchange daily the father wants a restoration of sons and daughters back to him and we've been on this life's journey for that so the holy spirit takes up this role like a maternal role and comes alongside to get incarnation worked into us and in his carnation in his incarnation the lord i think he modeled for us two primary modes of the way that he lived his life that gave him full access with the Father. And this is what we, we experiencing right now in worship and we will in our daily life. We're running out everything to zero. There's nothing more you can say. There's nothing more you can do. There's nothing more that would make you happy or please you. You've done all that you can do. Jesus lived a perpetual perpetuity, a life of the inrock cross of saying, I choose, I will do nothing except what I see my father doing. So he, he lived a life of zero. He chose to self-empty. This, this is what was coming out in last week's message. And he chose to be self-emptied. So you've heard me say, go for the zero. He chose that. And we, a lot of us, I know me, I, I get like, put the brakes on. I'm coming up to empty. I'm coming up to the last. And, you know, we want to like wrestle with that and throw out our words and throw out whatever we got, put a protection in place, put all our protections in place. And the Lord, I think, would say to us, stop doing that. Let me have you. Go for zero. Go for, I can't do it. When you feel the worship right now, and it begins, and it goes down into the place where it begins to dive down, what the Lord is doing, he's saying, let me have you in your vacancy. Let me be God to you where you're at. And in some way you say to him, I'll let you. I've been resisting you. I didn't even realize I was trying to put in all my, I was, I was building all my investments. I was building it out all my structures. I was giving all my concepts to other people. And he's like, let me have you. And this is worship. To be known by him. In the incarnation of the Lord, his mode, his philosophy of life. Why hedge? The Lord doesn't want a hedge fund manager. <laughs> he don't want you managing your heart. He wants you to give it over to him. Let him have you today. I know you are. But he told me, just give him this instruction before we lift up and go into this next phase of worship. Let him just have you. It, you have to let him, so you have to make a decision. I'll take zero. 
instead of, right now, I'm not going to choose hero, I'm going to choose zero. But watch this in the text. He said, because he chose to echinosin, kenosis, he chose to be self-emptied. I studied this, ek, and the echinosin means the best translation of it is an initial moment in a lapse of time. Where God intervenes outside of time into time, ek. And then he says, at the end of no sin, sin, here it means, it's eris active indicative. You don't have to know what that means, but I'll tell you. It means a tense that's used to express things that happen in general without asserting a time. So God wants to intervene in us in space-time here without putting our own time constraints on God. Seems kind of paradoxical. And the world wants to come in and just fill you with himself. In my opinion, this echinosin is the Enroch cross. It's the cross that says, my life is not my own, I give you my whole self. What are we here for other than that? I want in a perpetual manner my life to be yours. I'm not going to hang on and try to hold on to something, some concept, some paradigm, some thought process, some emotion. I'm just going to let you have me right now. So what Jesus does at zero is he doesn't grasp. Because when we come to zero, a lot of times we'll, I got to protect, self-protect, whatever. The word would say, put your hands behind your back and let glory flow. Because that zero is where the glory is. And it says, he said about, the, the word said this, in the realm of the plus plus. So I'm just saying zero plus plus is Jesus' philosophy of life. He said, when he had finished saying these things, he looked upward. He didn't look down into himself. He didn't look out like this. He looks up. This is what all worship is about. It's the taking of your eyes to lift them up into the heavens to look only at him. He says, Father, the time has come. You see, Echinosin, the time has come. The time is now. Glorify your son. Can't say that, Carol. Yes, you can. Glorify me so that I, the son, may glorify you. Right now, right now, you've the cross in the cross. You've already attained. You've already attained the righteousness. Now, now, let glory flow. Let glory flow through you in the incarnation. Glorify your Son, so that I may glorify you. You know what the Father did because of that prayer. As a result, God exalted Him and gave Him a name that is above every name. You want to be known, you can, the only place to be known really is by him. That's the truest knowing you will ever experience is the knowing of God to the human spirit. It is in this way that Peter spoke of that how you take on the divine nature of God. It's this mode this philosophy of life. I'm going for the zero plus plus.
So because we have this wisdom, now you can say to the Lord, I'll let you. Receive the wisdom of God. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. <laughs> fall fresh. I need a fresh and feeling this morning. I need a freshness of the Holy Ghost. I need you, Lord. Now, I don't want me. I, I want you in me. I don't want my ideas. I don't want my concepts. I want the splendor of the living God. I want to be a transfer of your glory. I want you to transpose your glory through me. Transpose yourself in me and through me. For you, Lord, for your greater glory. I receive, Lord, I receive your word. I don't have to try. I've already attained. I let everything, I shake off everything that hinders love.
Come and burn, come and burn, come and burn. The sacrifice, come and burn. Take our senses, or oh, we baptize them to you. The wind blows, and it has ever since the beginning. There's a river gushing, springing forth like it's always been. Your word. 
Looking at the wilderness, we're looking at the desert. You're in an oasis. I can always make it. Out of the dark, chaotic, you broke the world. 
Uh, we're getting a word from the Lord for you. Um, comes out of Deuteronomy 32, uh, verse 10. The Lord found him in the desolate land, in an empty wasteland where animals howl. Try to say this the best way. I know some of you um, are on the other side of a season shift right now in your life, and some of you are right there at the edge of it, moving into a whole new place of destiny. Yeah. Like I said, some of you have actually moved across it, and you're just on the other side of a seasonal shift in your life, and you've moved into a new environment. Some of you are right there, and you're just right there at the cusp of breaking into something. One of the things about breaking into a new environment is it eludes us because we can't necessarily know what that is because when you're in submission to the Lord, you don't know what the new environment is. But you've been waiting on the Lord, and you're pressing into a new season, and you're having to let go of some things, maybe some relationships, uh, to make this transition. Some of you have already been able to begin to let go. Some of you, this has literally happened in your workplace. Some of you, it's happened literally in homes. Some of you, it's happening, you're in the middle of transition. Um, and so, I, I, two things. There's a promise of the Lord guarding you uh, that he says here, I'm going to guard you. I'm going to take care of you. Um, number two, he taught him. And so teaching will come to you to help you in the new season or the season that you're coming into. Like a lot of times when we're at these places, we don't, we, we can get confused. And I want, the Lord wants you to trust him that he will instruct you in either the crossing of the barrier or that there's something on the other side of it that you've actually entered into right now, a completely new season. And it can feel a little bit like, ah, I don't know what, I, I can't put my uh, finger on this like I did before, or what I'd used before wasn't working for me, or what I'm attempting to sort of frame my reference points from or not exactly uh, um, working for me. There's a promise of the Father to guard you. I'm going to protect you. So you don't have to go put out your own security. Okay? And I'm going to teach you. I'm going to be an instructor to you and give you what you need in the new season. Or I want you to trust me to go ahead and move into the new season now. Listen, you have to move into it before you enter into it. You, you guys know what I mean, don't you? You got it. You, you're prepared to move into it before it becomes a reality. God prepares you for it. Faith is the, the title deed hoped for, the objective proof of an unseen reality. And so once the objective proof becomes still in your soul, you'll move into the title deed. That's the way faith and trust works. And the encouragement of the Lord to you this morning, really just a tender thing. I'm going to teach you, and I'm going to guard you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to put my hedge of protection around you. You're not going to get off the rails. And I'm going to give you the instruction you need. Because, listen, I love this. You're the pupil of my eye. Oh, man. I love this in the Psalms. He'll say, you're the apple of my eye. 
So the gazing face of God is gazing on you. Me and him and him and me and me and you and oh Lord. Every instruction I need, he has it. Every protection I need, he's got it. What he said to me was, I'm, I'm hovering right now out of the top of this facility. I'm hovering like an eagle that stirs up its nest. Don't mess with my nest, Lord. <laughs> okay, come and mess with my nest. I need this. I, yeah, I don't want my nest to be messed with, but I know you got a better nest picked out. You got something better picked out for me, a new nest. I'm going to stir it up. Now, that's a little bit aggravating. Uh, some of you, you got boxes everywhere because your nest has been shifted. <laughs> Lineker and Manning. You know, I don't know. Y'all might not still have boxes everywhere. You have boxes everywhere. Your nest has been stirred up. You come into a new season of dominion. It's brand new. It's a brand new season. And all he's saying to you, look up. Just look up at me. I'm hovering. Now the Lord says he spread out his wings. And he took him. He took you. I'm going to take you to myself. And in that, that's not chaos. That's the order of God that brings the chaos around you into order. We've confused this. The Lord takes us up and changes chaos down here into order because we've been taken up into him. I've, I've learned this. I've had to learn this raising. Kara and I were raising six children. There's one thing that works and one thing that doesn't. If I get into managing everything and trying to make it happen, it falls apart. If I get taken up in the spirit, it's like I've never seen kids just get more active and do what they need to do. Almost like you don't even have to tell them what to do. Because the Lord will spread his wings over you and take you and lift you up on his pinions. Well, I thought I had to give all my attention to that. No. Change your posture this morning. I give all my attention to you. You know what? He's good. He's going to give you the instruction. He's going to give you the protection and security. He's going to cause what seems to be disorder, and he's going to change it into order in your life. For you today, for your businesses, for your ministries, for your family. I receive, Lord for the new children that have come into our families, the new children that are about to come, I receive. I trust you, take me up. Maybe you could say this, I'm the apple of your eye. I'm your apple, I'm the apple of your eye. You're just looking at me, you like me so much. You love me, you double love me. It's the best experience. No way that life could be run off of love. Yes, yes. Listen, it says the Lord alone guides him. I like this too. No foreign God was with him. Because he took his foreign gods, he said, you know what? Forget all that. I'm done with it. I want your guidance. I need 
something greater than GPS. I need something better than celestial navigation. I need you. He enables him to, listen, travel over the high terrain of the land. You will eat the goodness of the land of the living. You do right now, and you will, and you can be confident in that. The terrain of the land, I'll take care of your land and your housing. I'll give you honey out of the cliffs, out of the rocks. I'll give you olive oil for the, the out of the hardest of the rocks, the things that just doesn't seem like it'll work. I'll take care of you. I'll give you butter. Even if it is four dollars. <laughs> I'm gonna take care of you. It's just a real simple like. I got you. Welcome to a new place of dominion. Welcome to a new destination. some of you, you may be saying this, it's not for all of you, but I've circled back around to where I, where I was. I tell you from the Lord, you're in a brand new place. And what has characterized your past will not characterize your future. what you've come into is a whole new place of entrustment. I trust you, Lord. I, I give you my full trust. Amen. Amen. <laughs> since um, since Monday, I don't think I've anticipated maybe one of our events more than this one. And I mean, it's been all week. And 
Stephen and I, we have a Monday morning debrief because we go over what the Spirit of the Lord is doing in our events, and we just unpack it. And in the middle of that unpacking, the middle of that debrief, we just find the Lord in a, a really special way in our communication with one another. And so we were, we were interacting this week, and the Spirit of God just exchanging his life between the two of us. And I became so thrilled. And um, Stephen, he, he was uh, saying, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with something. And, I, you know, I kind of failed it the night before. And I said, oh, man, he's dealing with something this morning. And, and I was like, you know, we're going we're gonna to get through this and, you know, see what God is saying. Because a lot of times, well... I asked the Holy Spirit, what is it that this congregation needs? You know, I have a lot of things to say, but what do you need? Uh, what you need to hear from him that will change your life? And here in our worship, Guy expressed his heart in, in the moment and what he was sensing and feeling and what he's experiencing. The Holy Spirit began to speak to me, and I thought, you know, he would carry a lot of our heart in this ministry, Stephen. You can tell because of the way he takes us up in the, in the sense of the Spirit. And while we were, while we were uh, talking about the Lord and what had happened, and I'm feeling his heart, and not you know attempting because a lot of times in relationships, at least I've been this way, let's just blow past the situation, sort of cover it over, and move to the next thing. And I learned with him. I've learned with some of you before years ago. Don't do that. There's a reason why the heart expresses itself a particular way, and it's saying something. And I thought, I'm not going to do this to my brother. We're going to find the word of the Lord. And even if it makes me feel awkward, you know, and um, those of you that are married, especially some of us men, I don't know if you deal with this. I do. My wife's heart begins to express something, and I'm like, we got to get on to the next thing. Don't do that. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> and a woman. <laughs> it'll, it'll backfire on you because you're going to have to deal with it. You're going to deal with the emotions. You're going to find what is it that God is expressing in that heart. What is that heart trying to say? And, and Stephen was expressing something to me, and I, I've been natured like this. I'm ready to jump to the next thing. And as y'all know, if you've known me for a while, let's boom into the next thing. We got an objective. We have a vision. Let's go for the vision. And the word's like, I got a heart here. And I care about that heart. And he does. And he's very patient when we're not. And he says, let's deal with it. And I, you know, I say, you know what? I'm not leaving this meeting with him until he has breakthrough. Now, he's an awesome man of God, but we all get into a place sometimes where we can't sort it out. I deal with it almost every day. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And I, I believe God made us this way because he wanted depend, us dependent on him. He wanted to answer the cry of our heart. Now, I can't be Stephen's, uh, you know, you can't take on a false Messiah complex for people. But you can hear from God, and you can get a word from God, and you can either be silent and hold it and pray for someone, or you can express it, right? And that God would teach us the wisdom of when to speak and when not to. Well, while we were sitting there, 
The Lord tells me, give him this. Give him Romans chapter 11, verse 5. I was like, oh, man, we're getting into some doctrine now. <laughs> Most preachers today will not get into Romans 11, just going to tell you. They, they'll do 1 through 6. Seven's like, <laughs> y'all know, you know, you know what I mean by Romans 7. You know, I do the things which I would not, but I wish I wouldn't, and I still do them, and I don't like that, and you know that one. <laughs> help, Lord, help. That's me, you know. And then, well, a lot of the guys really like Romans 8. There's therefore now no condemnation. That's a really good one. Those that are in the Lord, right? But Romans 11, whoo, you done stepped it up, Lord. Because there's a progression in Romans. There's a progression into the depths of God. And so the Lord's like, I'm just, I'm going to jump from Romans 8, you know, the manifest sons of God, and the, it's already, you know, it is what it is. We're just going to jump over 9, over 10, and right into 11. You're, you're not going to be able to help Stephen if you go back to that. He's already there. <laughs> I want to take you into Romans 11 this morning, church, because God took us there. And why shouldn't I, like, hear what he would say to you this morning, to hear the voice of God to you? Romans 11, verse 5. So in the same way, at this present time, ek. An initial point in a lapse of time. There's not the ek there, but there's an ek understanding. At this present time, at the time which is now. There is an election. There is a remnant. There is a chosen people according to grace. All right, let's pray. Help, Lord. Let this not just be preaching, Lord, but may it be a manifestation of who you are. Let this glorify you, Lord. Let this message give you glory. I chose you in me. He says this to me right now. I chose you in me even before the very foundation of the earth. I elected you. Not according to what you would do or have done or will do. But I elected you according to grace, that I may be gracious to you, that I may do something for you that you can never do for yourself. I picked you. You're mine. I'll take some of that. What I did, Lord. What I'm going to do. My guilt, Lord. My shame, Lord. My past, Lord. My future, Lord. I chose you. You are mine, says the Lord. You're my beloved. Receive the grace of God. Receive it because it is good for you.
Receive it. Open your heart up. Receive God's grace over you. Receive your election outside of space-time. Receive it now. Receive the selection of the Lord. Receive the election of God. What is it, Lord, that you're mindful of men? Why would you be mindful of us, Lord? Why would you even pay any attention to us? I don't even understand. The more closer you get to him, the more you realize, um, I was forlorn. I was deprecated. I had nothing. I was nothing. I'll never be anything apart from you. I am nothing without you. I embrace it. So that you may be known through me. I've elected you according to grace. Um, for weeks now, it's on the wash machine. Uh, it was on the Powerball thing, one, one seventeen million. It was on a pair of shoes I bought, $117.50 something cent. It was on everywhere I go, I see 117. And I've been like, Lord, I know you're trying to get my attention. You know, I don't know if y'all know what Halo is, but it's like this kids there's, or adult game. I don't know if it's kids or adult. But, <laughs> but the guy's name is John 117. That's his number. I was like, 117. Lord, you're saying something, aren't you? Oh, oh I'm trying to get your attention. I, you know, look it up. So I, I, I looked it up. I was like, oh. Oh, wow. The law came through Moses. All 600 and how many? All of the 600 plus came through Moses. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. I pray that you receive what that is. I do my best as a preacher to preach that. To exhibit that. I don't want to just be a pre I don't want to just give you a message. I want to become the message. I want it, I want the message to embody us, to become who we are. That Christ would fully fill us all in all. That we would receive the grace. Listen to the setup now in Hebrews eleven. What is the setup? So I ask God. Has not rejected his people, has he? Exclamation point, absolutely not. Uh, Leander, uh, recently, he was telling us in his classroom that everybody has betrayed him, <laughs> except one guy, Anthony Polis. He said, they all betrayed me. I was like, Leander, are you sure? He's like, yep. Well, what's your idea of betrayal? Well, they're not nice to me. I was like, well, we've all been betrayed then. <laughs> well, Andrew is dealing with some rejection in his classroom. Probably some of it self-imposed, it sounds like, a little bit to me. But he may have a legitimate pain that he's feeling inside of feeling closed in on or exposed. And in that way, he's experiencing some rejection. 
I don't want to take and make light out of what his experience is, but we did get his peer cards back this week, and they were all very positive about him. Now, I realize Leander may be going through something personally, and he's receiving it as rejection, but they were like, all these cards that were given to him were all like he's the funniest guy. He's a great guy. He's, uh, all, you know, he's loyal. I mean, all his friends' idea of him was completely different than his idea of himself in light of his friends. You guys know what I mean? You can experience rejection and it not actually be true. That rejection leads you up. I promise you this. I've been doing this for a few years. I've watched this in God's people. Self-imposed rejection leads you to deception. Deception leads you to a root of bitterness. A root of bitterness distances you from other people and isolates you. And then you have to self-medicate. You want to know? I've watched it. I have observed it. It has broke my heart time and time again as a whatever I am. I don't know what I am. You can call me Little Carol. But I've watched it. I have observed it. That the majority of what people deal with is self-imposed rejection. It leads you to feeling it, it's because of exposure. We, the problem is, is we don't know we're doing it to ourselves, just like my baby. He doesn't even know. I have to have a talk with him and reinforce him over and over again with love. And he's a very loving child. He's easy to love. But he's dealing with something inside that's not actually true. He's believing a lie. And that is the fundamental nature of deception. Y'all listening to me? Please hear me because you might not would even know you were deceived. Because that is the nature of deception. It becomes very self-centered and, and you, what happens is you begin to guard yourself and you begin to pull inside. And the only way I know how to check it now is if I f find myself beginning to shut down and pull internal, I know that I'm dealing with rejection. Now, I'm not saying there's not legitimate rejection. There is. People do reject and betray, and it is very painful. But I, I want to encourage you this morning, and I think you'll see this, that it's not God that's doing that. The text says here, absolutely not. Not just not, but absolutely not. There's an absolution. There's a thing in his heart, God's heart, speaking to you, the remnant, the elect of God, that there's an absolution in his own heart that will not reject you. And what, what happens in, in rejection, again, is deception is the next turn. Usually, I've watched this, root of bitterness comes next. Once the root of bitterness gets sunk in there, then isolation comes. And again, self-medication is... Now, y'all may have a better methodology than I do. I've just observed this and watched it and actually experienced it and been in pain over it with people. I'll feel it with people, and I'm like, oh, no, they're doing that thing. And normally what they'll do is they'll point a finger in the deception to blame someone else. And they'll cast blame to reinforce the deception. So he asked, has God rejected his people? Tell me what he says. Has God rejected you? 
Has God rejected you? Have you ever felt rejection? Okay. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> he says, I'm an Israelite. I'm a descendant of Abraham. I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Again, it's not to say that rejection in and of itself is not a, something that happens to us, but it is not from God. So if you go into shutdown mode, isolation, self-medication, know that it is not from God. It never has been. Because he, and it, this is the stabilization of the soul. Ladies and gentlemen, he foreknew you. Before, you know, I found this in my relationship with him. I, I don't even know why he allows this sometimes. I've experienced a lot of rejection in this position. I, I'll tell you, his, I told you all years ago, I said, my love has run out. I, I said, I don't have any more. They have wore me out, Lord. Now, it hasn't been this way lately, so I'm really happy. <laughs> I received so much love from everybody. I just feel so loved. But about years ago, it wasn't that way. It hurt so bad. And I remember he says, um, he said, you run out of love? I said, yeah, I run completely out, slam out. He said, well, let me love through you. Welcome to the gospel that you hadn't even preached yet. <laughs> I was like, is that rejection? Something comes into your experience, a sense of vacancy. Someone says something off to you. Someone does something to you. It hurts. I'm not into denial. If it hurts, it hurts. Why deny it? And then all of a sudden, I find this place with God where he says, come to me. You're the apple of my eye. I'm like, I don't get this. I don't get this. I, I just experienced something really painful. I forgave, and they didn't forgive me. I extended love, and they didn't extend it back. I gave them myself, and they ran right over me. I gave them myself, and they don't even notice. I don't know what it is, but it's like, I don't know how this is, but almost like, it's going to sound strange, almost would invite it now. Because it throws me back into him every time. I feel the tears come. I realize he's the one. Almost would invite adversity. Just check me out, Lord, and see if there's any unclean way in me. Because it's going to jettison me back into your heart. I would almost invite anything that would bring me into loving communion with him. I would say now... Coming down the road a little bit. If I'm getting off and I'm not really understanding the foreknowledge of you and the election of you, arrange something that throws me back into you. Do you really want that? Because I used to be like, no. But why not just lean in a little bit? I don't want to be taken out. 
I don't want anything to get between me and you. I don't want my idol manufacturing ways, my whatever it is, to get in between knowing you, knowing me, knowing you. I don't want anything in way of me and you. What was that guy, the superintendent dad, not a fly spec? He doesn't want he doesn't want any, he don't even a fly speck between him and the Lord, especially the father of flies. <laughs> I want no deception. I, I want this reality to come into us. The Lord wants this reality. I foreknew you. And I predestined you for me. I've elected you for myself. <laughs> Do you not know what the scripture says about Elijah? How he pleads with God against Israel. Lord, they killed your prophets. They've demolished your altars. I alone am left. And they are seeking my life. And then what was God's response to the man of God, Elijah? What did he say to him? I have kept. Now, Stephen's been saying this to me a lot out of Psalms 121. The Lord is your keeper. He says, you know, I'm realizing something. No matter where I go or what I do, he's going to keep me. I mean, have y'all found that out? I mean, I'm doing the most random things sometimes. Encounter. I'm like, how is that possible? I mean, okay, I'm just going to go do this. And boom, there he is again. I was like, how did you get into that? I didn't know God was into that. Like pulling some kind of thing off a shelf at the grocery store or, uh, you know, taking care of some random thing and then you know how the Lord does that he sneaks up on you like that it seems so random and then there he is he said I kept Jehovah sneaky I, I, I kept for me 7,000 people who have not bent the knee to bell now I, I want to say I want to say this with a lot of clarity today there's a difference between Jezebel and Baal, okay? This is the way he taught me, and you can take it for what it's worth. Jezebel represents the blue-based system in our nation, or any other nation. It's the part of that tree of knowledge of good and evil. She was sort of like the leader of it. The blue-based system. You know what Baal represents? The red-based system. Oh, now you're meddling, Carol, in politics. No, I'm not. No, and you know what? I don't really frankly care. Because I'll tell you, he says, I'm not, I have kept a people who will not bow their knee to a red-based system. Bail. It's flying all over our nation. You guys know. I don't know because I don't watch it anymore. I can't deal with it. The words that Gino is just like, I meant for the legitimacy of the blue and the red to come together because you're a royal family. You know, if you take blue and red, put it together, you know what you get? Purple. You get royal. And there's illegitimacy in those systems. And many of us know. And there's legitimacy. There's a legitimacy in righteousness. And there's a legitimacy in being known. That's the way I kind of understand it. I could go into all kinds of depths on this. I will not today. But he said, listen, I reserve for myself a people who will not bow their knee to a red-based system. 
Well, what's that mean for everybody that has? I'm telling you, I'm telling you as a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I'm telling you from the Lord, don't put yourself into that system. That system is built out of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That is not the tree of life. If you go and partake of that tree, it will bring death to you. Don't bow your knee to it. Bow your knee to one, the man Jesus Christ. The reason why this nation is going through so much travesty with that, especially in the Christian church, is because there's been so many bow their knee to Baal. And the Lord would say to us, uh, straighten the, the, the knee that's out of the way. You got like a crooked foot. Like turn the knee and your foot back in and run up into the heavens where I am. Let it go. Let it go. It's, it's, not, it, it's off. The whole thing is. Let it go. There's a king coming back. Why? Because the law... So we, re, we, we reject lawlessness, and a lot of the church will say, no, let's go, and, let's go and get an admiration with the law. The law came through Moses, but what? Grace and truth comes through the man Jesus Christ. You see it? Yes, lawlessness is wrong. But there's something greater than the law. The man Jesus Christ. That's where grace and truth is found. That's where the blending of form and matter happens in the human soul. That's where the uncreated God activates himself through us, those he foreknew. The remnant will never, God's remnant will never be able to agree with a false political system, a false economic system, and a false religious system. You will not find any satisfaction in it at all. If anything, it will grieve your living soul. Be done with it. I've reserved for myself 7,000. That is God's response to Elijah. So Elijah goes up and hacks up all the Baal prophets. And then is scared to death of the blue. Uh, I'll tell you this. Communism killed a lot more people than capitalism did. It did. A left-based system kills a lot more people than a red-based system does. But it don't make either one of them right. Fascism is no nationalism, hear me, is no correction to communism and socialism. It's the same thing. It's from two different positions, but it is the exact same thing. I'll not have anybody bow the knee to Baal nor Jezebel. Let's be done with it and ask God for grace and truth. I have elected you according to grace. Now listen to what he says. Now if it be by grace... It is no longer by works. Oh, man. That is the best news you will ever hear. If I'm his and he's mine, it's not what I'm going to do. It's not what I can do or what I don't do. I've been elected according to grace. It's all relationship with Father. It's only doing what I see my Father doing. Man, live the life. Live the life. Live the good life. If it is by works, listen to what he says. Grace will not be grace. Oh, man. I don't want to live like that. I mean, we need grace, don't we? 
I don't want to get back into Galatians 3. What have you guys done? Went back to the works of the law? When you're going to go back to Sinai and live like that when you can have the Lord? All right. All right, I'm going to try to explain this. This week, I was like, I got you, Lord. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm picking up what you're saying. I'm, I'm picking up what you're laying down. I love this. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to live like this every day. And so uh, I'm taking these walks, you know, two to three hours, four hours a day with the Father. And I'm like, boom, I'm in the Spirit. And I'm like, I'm staying right here. I'm not going anywhere. Like you said, I, I'll tell you how, what gets you out of the Spirit. You know, I'm going to find my way under the shelter of the Most High. What, what Jeff was talking about last week. I'm staying there. Y'all know the difference? I didn't used to know the difference. Now you know the difference between the good life and the not so good life. You know, I'm like, I'm staying in here. And the Holy Spirit starts to communicate something to me. And I was like, oh, man, I got to tell everybody about this. You know, he said, think of it like this. I'm God. I'm omniscient. Y'all know what that means? What does it mean? He knows everything. Everything. He said, I'm omnipotent. What does that mean? All-powerful. I'm omnipresent. I call him the triple O. And he says, think of it like this. I just want to take over you. I was like, man, that is one good deal. We don't understand that guy. Wait till the divine nature takes over you. <laughs> I mean, hey, wait till the one who is omniscient takes over you. All I'm trying to do is get you to let me. It's a really good deal. You know, we go to school, we study, we try to get all these degrees. You know, we get like five PhDs. This is what Paul was saying. I got like 18 PhDs, and it's all done so that I would know Christ. You know why? Imagine God running you. <laughs> oh, man, I was like so excited about it. You don't even have to run your own life. He's like, I'll run it for you if you'll just let me, because I will not impose myself on you, but I want to give you my whole entire self. Why don't you let me take over? I was like, yeah. Yeah, I'm starting to see what you're talking about now. This baptism of the Holy Spirit thing is really happening. Like, I'm stupid. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let me take over. Yes, Lord. <laughs> I can't do anything for myself. Exactly. Let me take over. Do you all understand? Let me have it. Well, you're resisting me. And I don't want to resist you anymore. I'm done with it. Oh, you're going, woo, you know. Ah, I'm not going to resist you. Mm-mm. Ah, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why I was always afraid of you want to become a fool. You know, and then Paul's like, that's okay. If I become a fool for Christ, so be it. You know, what if uh, Paul says this, if I lose my mind, it's for God. If I find it, it's for you. I'm out of my mind. I lost my, what happened to me? I was trying to find a point here and a point here, make a point, do a point, whatever. And the Lord's like, throw all your points out and come with me. Come fly. I'm like, I was telling the Lord that. I was like, please let me fly. 
I was like, or walk through something, you know, <laughs> not into it. I was like, whatever, you know, because heaven is more substantial than the reality of what we see here now. God is more substantial than the shadow dimension of what even is happening in this place. He's real. He's tangible. He's God. And he wants you. He's just looking for someone or anybody or a bunch of people that he can completely take over. And why would we resist that? I know what to eat now. <laughs> I never did. I was eating all kinds of things I wasn't supposed to eat. <laughs> you know, anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I know exactly who to go talk to. I did it before. <laughs> I know exactly what to say. I did it before. Do you see what I mean? I think about it. I don't have to go to counseling. The counselor's inside of you. I'm not saying you can't go to counseling. And I'm not trying to take away people's work. Sorry, Chris. I have the doctor living inside of me. Sorry, guys. I got the doctor. He's a great physician. Um, he told me to go to Dr. Gross, and Dr. Gross popped me back into joy. You know, he said, go ask Vickery, and he'll tell you what to consume. You know, because uh, I gave them something. Okay, you like humility. You like for us to relate to one another. I see that now. Okay, I got you. But you can go ask him a question. It's okay. You can, you mean God can come into us and we still have needs? Oh, that's a strange one. No, I want dependency on one another. I want a body. Because you know some of you, not, I'm not nature like this as much, but some of you want to be needed. I don't personally want to be needed. I'm just playing. <laughs> Please don't ask me to do anything. <laughs> just, I just came out of my mouth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When God has a different idea and you become okay with it, he knows how to drive cars. He knows how to build flying cars. He knows how to do everything. And the thing I, I, was, I was telling Tom McMahon, because he asked me, what's the Lord say? I was like, he said, you know what's amazing about him is he could come and live inside of another person, and he's acting his own life inside of them that's different than another person. Now, can we have an agreement that we want God to take over? That's what they did in the upper room. They said, fire fall. Fire, fire, blazing fire, burn my consciousness into you. Let your life flow through me. Let you have your way with me. I want you. I don't want this thing anymore. He said, right, let the idolatry fall. Let Take Bell and kick it to the curb. Take Jezebel to the curb. You know, kick her out of the building. Let her, the dogs eat her. Be done with the whole thing. And what about me? I want you to want me, and I'll give you all of me. Nothing else was going to work for you anyways because you've been elected to this. Hey, nothing else has worked for you, has it? It won't. You'll go around trying to get your own position, work your own angle, get somebody to like you, get somebody not to like you. You know, some of us, we actually try to get people not to like us. I tried that. I tried to, like, end the whole church, and then Henry came, and it was over for me. I knew that I was locked in. We were in the fire department. I was like, if I say enough things, I can get run everybody off, and then I'll never have to do this again. And then Henry comes, I've been waiting 17 years for this. I was like, oh, no, the loyalty to you, Lord. Bye. we got to stay with it. We've been elected. 
You've been elected according to grace, not the works of the law. It'll never work for you. It's never going to. You might as well go ahead and throw the whole works of the law thing in the trash can. Because it'll never work. Because if you try to live your life like that, there will be no grace for you. That's what it says in the text. Okay, I'm done with it. Moses is dead. God buried him himself. It's time for a new generation to raise up. It's time to possess the land, ladies and gentlemen. It's time not to be in a subculture, but God's the culture. Jesus is culture. There's no other way to put it. He is the culture. He says, if I be lifted up, I'll what? What then? Israel failed to obtain what was diligently seeking, but the elect obtained it. The rest were hardened as it was written. God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that would not see and ears that would not hear to this very day. David said, let their table become a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a retribution for them. Let me say it the way the Lord says it to me. Do you want affliction or affection? Is he so affectionate? Every time I hug David, I'm like, it's so good inside. The Lord's like, do you want affliction or affection? Do you want to keep running into, oh, that hurt, oh, that hurt, oh, that hurt, oh, that hurt. He's like, he's like, get your left, okay, I'm going to go right, I'm going to go left, I'm going to go right. He's like, stop it, stop it. Come unto me, you that are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you for your soul. I'll put you in a place of rest. I'll make you holy. I'll give you my whole entire self. Just come on right in. It's like, I don't want affliction. I don't want to be hardened. I want my heart to get hard. I want to become stiff-necked. I don't want everything to become so resolute that I can't shift and move and have my being in God. I want to live and move and have my being in you. And I'll tell you, it's one of the hardest things. If you get around someone that is bit off on deception by rejection, you can't deal with them. I mean, I believe that you always pray, but it says even their tables become a snare and a trap. They can't even have a good meal together. A stumbling block and a retribution for them. Let their eyes be darkened so they may not see and make their backs bend continually. Let this not be said of the remnant of God. Why do they fall then? Why did they? Is this stumbling an irrevocable fall? Is there no hope? Here he goes again. Absolutely not. But by their transgression, salvation came to you, the Gentile, to make them jealous. Listen, I asked the Lord, I said, what is this? He said, well, he said, you know the doctrine of election and how it's been viewed? And I said, yeah. Most of the time we call those guys the frozen chosen. He said, do you know that why I brought out this doctrine of election to you? And I said, why? He said, do you know what, do you know what a lot of my church has done? They built an us versus them mentality. We're not going to burn, you are. And he said to me, he said this to me like, internally audible to me. He said, the doctrine of election was not for an us versus them mentality. 
The doctrine of election was so that, not so that you would point out how they would burn, but that you would burn. That you would burn with Holy Ghost fire so that I could get them. I want them. But I've been looking for a remnant, the ones who have been elected according to grace, not according to what you've done, so that you would burn. And I saw evangelism in a whole new way. Because a lot of the frozen chosen, the us versus them mentality, concerning the other nations and the other world, you guys are going to eternal damnation. And we got it made. Because he elected us. Let this not be so concerning this remnant family whom I have discharged for and among. Let it be like this. That we would say, God set us on fire. Let me burn for them. Ultimately, more importantly, for you. Let your glory come. Let your fire fall on an end time move that honors you. You alone, Father. Give us the fire. Give us a burning heart. Let it blaze up and flare up inside of us. Because it honors you who elected us according to grace. And may it be such a flame of fire. And this fire is coming. The Lord, want it, the Lord wants it and the Lord will have his prayer. I want to send fire. Fire because our consciousness would blaze with the glory of God. Our mouths would so exhibit the glory of God, like Isaiah. Our tongues would become pure. And out of our mouths would come a river of living life of God's glory, and it would flow through us. It would just penetrate the souls of others. Because he's worthy. Because unto him be the glory. Unto him be the honor. Unto him be the praise. Unto him. Unto the Lord who is worthy. Unto the man Jesus Christ. Unto him. Blazing fire. Blazing fire. Come down and consume us, Lord. Consume us for the greatest awakening the earth has ever seen. The awakening. You know, he said it to me in 09. I will awaken a galactic progeny. I will awaken the outer space, the heavenly sons and daughters of the Lord. I will awaken the ones who are born from above. I will cause life and fire to come inside and awaken you. Let it start, Lord. And you could say this to the Lord. Let it start with me. There's nothing wrong with that prayer. Because your life has meaning because it's elected according to grace. Uh, stand up with me. You, you, you had to say, I'm letting you. I'm casting off all kinds of ideas of rejection. Because absolutely not have you rejected me. Well, I've been, we've been hurt. Everybody in here has by somebody about something. But it was all to lead us to him. Everything you've been through up to this moment was to jettison you into the heart of the Father everything 
your jobs, your ministries, your, your family life, it was all for him. God gets the glory out of you. Let it fall like rain. Let this doctrine drop like dew out of the heavens onto our minds. So that we, like Paul, can say, I have a pure consciousness that has been cleansed of all unrighteousness and filthiness and all idolatry and adultery out of my mind. That I was made for you. That you are mine and I am yours and you are mine and I am yours. That the eternal tether of the uncreated God flushing down inside of our being in and out, in and out, in and out. Flow, Lord, flow. Now, Lord, now. I let you in, Lord. Let us burn. Let us burn. For you, Lord, your glory trumps the redemption of man. the synapses of the brain all rejection out because absolutely not has he rejected us absolutely not I was created for you and by you and through you and all things were made for you and to the honor of your of who you are you're my father and I'm your son you're the apple of the Lord's eye up into the heavens and know as you got here in my wife if you ask you now we are near can now you know we are not when you are the action you know we are talking you know we are not who great is your faithfulness your mercy lord you're merciful high priest you're the apostle of our confession, Lord. Go, Lord. I'm waiting on you, and I know you're faithful, Lord. You're merciful, you're merciful. Your mercy endures forever, Lord.
sun will no longer supply light. By day, nor the moon's brightness shine on you. The Lord will be your, listen, your permanent source of light. The splendor of your God will shine upon you. Your sun will no longer set, and your moon will not disappear. The Lord, the Lord is our permanent source of light. Your time of sorrow is over.
chapter 9 verse 14 how much more then with the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God cleanse our consciousness from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God how much more then with this blood, the blood of Jesus Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God. How much more, how much more, how much more, how much more will cleanse our consciousness from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood right now that cleanses our consciousness from dead words. Cleansing, Lord, and refreshing, Lord, and life, Lord. Wash our minds and our consciousness right now. Flame of fire.
we, um, Janie McManus has a word picture she wants, she's, she's received from the word, and I wanted y'all to hear what Janie has to say. If everybody can listen just for a minute. Everybody listen uh, to this word from uh, Janie McManus. So in this season, this is called uh, the season of Pentecost. We'll talk about baptism. So I'm, I'm praying along, and uh, then I see this big vat of, I see this vat of uh, oil. And then I see a, um, the hand of the Lord lift up all these frozen, rust-encrusted motor parts. And then he just lift them up and look at them and drop them. And I could see them moving through the oil. And each time he would lift it, it would become, the rust would have fallen away, and it was like, being renewed and then I could sense the Lord as though he were standing next to me he says so what do you think the difference between the baptism of John and the baptism of fire and then he began to show me that John is water and it causes rust and then when we consider ourselves we become frozen and immobilized and so I'm watching this and then I had the sense of the Lord uh, next to me and smiling at me and he lifts up this motor part and I'm thinking wow that's good it's got full restoration he drops it so he lifts it up again and then he begins rotating the joint and I'm going whoa that's great range of motion and he drops it and he lifts it up and I'm thinking wow is that titanium or something and it was spinning full rotation full spin like how a joint could not move in my reasoning mine and, he's so and then it's I'm looking at the Lord and going, whoa. And then I look at the joint and I realize it's nothing but flame. And it's like this flame, blue, clear, blue flame spinning. And he says, yeah, that's what I'm after. I'm just the sense of we have a release happening in us in this season on earth. To so totally say yes. That all the rust, because it is out of the furnace of much affliction that we've been bound by rust. But we we, we name ourselves by that old account. In the same way that moths eat at night and they destroy leaves, but the butterfly pollinates. So I'm just seeing there's a newness that we don't even know how new new is. And we will spend full and totally resist it, resist less to the Lord. And I just want to share that as a baptism. That's what we want, Lord, even we 
would be compelled, we would uh, long for this bread, for what it does and what it imparts into our, our very being, into our souls and spirit, physical body. We want that hunger. We want a thirst, Lord, for this drink, for the blood that washes and cleanses us, Lord. We want uh, not the thirst after uh, things on the outside that uh, would quench our thirst or even deny it. Oh, Lord Jesus. Like the deer pants after the water, Lord, we want you. Come. Come fill a, <laughs> any vacuum within us. God, any place where your spirit is lacking, any any place that needs healing, any place of darkness, any place of brokenness, oh God, we want you to fill us and to fill us overflowing. So remember you, Lord. You said, don't forget to do this. Remember me, how I was broken for you. I want you to feed upon that. I want you to dwell upon that. I want you it to become your very body. I want this bread to break down and just go through every, your bloodstream. I want this blood to be just part of you. I want you to remember me. I want you to be remembered into me, by me. So we take the bread and we break it. We give you honor, Lord. of God's election I wanted to speak these words over you the lyrics that Misty Edwards wrote of this song called I knew what I was getting into I knew what I was getting into when I called you I knew what I was getting into when I said your name and I said it just the same I knew what I was getting into and I still want you I knew what I was getting into I knew what I was getting into and I still chose you. I knew what I was getting into and I still want you. I knew what I was getting into and I said your name. I said it just the same. I knew what I was getting into. I am not shocked by your weakness. I am not shocked by your sin. I am not shocked by your brokenness. I knew what I was getting into and I still want you. I knew what I was getting into and I still like you. I knew what I was getting into and I still chose you. Because only I can see the end from the beginning. And only I can see where this is going. Only I can see the end from the beginning. And I see anew the seeds of love. And I see you in strength. When all you see is your failure and all you feel is shame, I can see deeper than that. 
I knew you better than, better than that. I knew what I was getting into when I called you. I knew what I was getting into when I said your name. I said it just the same. I knew what I was getting into, and I still want you. I knew what I was getting into, and I still like you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. of it was this. Carol said to me, he said, oh my goodness, Satan, as he's at both sides. He's at both ends. And he says, Jeff, this has changed my life. And I was talking to him, I'm like, that's such an odd thing to think that you see Satan <laughs> and, and, and that changed his life, you know, but, but what it is, is when we recognize what we thought maybe was the Lord, or maybe we thought was good, um, the Lord's like, no, I'm actually not in that. And so as Carol was preaching on, you know, the right, or that's the left, the left, or the right, you know, female, male, blue, red, known to be right, like both those directions, we got to keep our eyes straight ahead. Proverbs 4.27 Keep your eyes straight ahead. That's how the pillars are made in the temple of the living God. I'm being obedient here. I'm a little slightly petrified, but God wants this song, so. <laughs> do what you want, Holy Spirit, do what you want with me. Here I am, Holy Spirit, do what you will with me. I'll take any step in your burning fire, burn your love through me. I'll take any step in your burning fire, burn your love through me.
never forsake you. Never.
Glory to your temple. Glory to your Take a deep breath. Breathe in. Ruach. Breathe in, Ruach.
sent his most precious thing, his son. He gave, John 3.16 says, he gave his only begotten. He bankrupt heaven for us. <laughs> he always goes before us. We don't surrender to him. He surrendered to us first. Thank you, Father. Thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you for what you gave. Thank you that you're continuing to give. I, Lord, we just ask that you would help us to just receive all that you've given. So, Father, we just thank you for the blood of Christ. We just, we just thank you for your spirit right now. We just, I just, Lord, I just ask that you would increase your, your spirit, that you would increase your presence, that it would go out from here, that it would go far and wide, Lord, just more of you, more of you in us, Lord. We just bless your holy name, Yahweh, we just love you, we embrace you, Lord. Thank you that you've made us sons and daughters. Thank you what you've done for us, that we're alive, we're alive in you.
May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may you have peace. Amen. Matthew 16. <clears throat> when Jesus came to the area of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? <laughs> they answered, Some say John the Baptist. Others say he's Elijah. And others say that he's Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ! You're the Son of the living God! And Jesus answered him, You are blessed, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth, will have been bound in heaven, and whatever you release on earth will have been released in heaven. Then he instructed his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. It wasn't time yet. This, the word that the Lord was speaking to me, to me about this after, um, after Jeff said about the who, and he was just reminding me all the things that are said about Christians and all the different things that Christians believe. And then he reminded me this. Who do people say the Son of Man is? Who do people say? Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And I don't know if y'all ever gotten in a conversation with someone that doesn't, doesn't agree with Jesus, or doesn't agree with Christians, maybe it'd be better to say. And they've got all these different hurts and pains and things against Christianity. But if you ever ask them this question, what about Jesus, though? What do you think about Jesus? Who do you think he was? What do you think about him? Did he exist? What about him? Who was he? Oh, man. <laughs> That's just the who of who he is. Not Christianity but the who of Jesus, who was he? Did he exist? Yes, he existed. Okay, was he just a man? Or was he God in flesh? I don't know. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. <laughs> let's talk about who he is. I think the fields are white for harvest and um, 
not about what group we belong to and who's going to burn and who's going to not burn, like Carol was saying, but it's about who he is. That's the point of conversation. So, Lord, I pray, God, that through your spirit, Lord, that you'd lead us to that uh, in all the distraction and all the conversation and all the noise and all the information that you'd help us to cut to the chase and, and uh, lock in to, to who you are, God. Especially when it comes to people and engaging people in conversation who don't know you, Lord. Who is he? Who is Jesus, though? Who is Jesus, though? What about him? Desire. 